Welcome to the Mount Olive Baptist Church podcast. I'm Pastor Carl Stokes. We appreciate you being here today with us. Our desire is to preach the Word of God effectively and clearly so that you can understand God's desire for you in your life. Well, this morning we're going to uh, turn to God's Word and I'll give you one guess where to turn your Bibles to. The book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 3 is where we're going to look today. Ephesians chapter 3. And if you will, join with me in prayer as we ask God's blessings on this time. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we just praise You and thank You for Your great love and we praise You for the abundance of Your grace. And Lord, we thank You and, and we rejoice that uh, those who have shared their, their talents and gifts uh, this morning in leading us in worship, we praise You, praise you for uh, those who sang, for those who uh, uh, used their talents and uh, musical instruments. And Lord, we just uh, thank You that You allow us to, uh, allowed us all to come together and to experience the great joy of being in Your presence. Lord, we pray that You would speak to our hearts. Lord, that You would prepare us for uh, Your Word to be spoken into our lives. And Lord, help us to be receptive to Your message. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Ephesians chapter 3 this morning is where we're going to look. And uh, we're going to uh, begin with the first couple of verses in, in Ephesians chapter 3. And this morning we come to a portion of, of Scripture in which Paul is uh, sharing with uh, the church at Ephesus uh, some important information that it's, um, uh, that it's crucial for us to, uh, to, uh, to look at. And, and one of the things that I want to uh, share with you is, is that uh, Paul here is repeating some of the, uh, the lesson that he has taught and uh, you might be saying, well, uh, preacher, we're kind of tired of going so slow. We're tired of, of repeat, uh, repeat and repeat and repeat over and over and over again uh, the lessons that are in this Scripture. And, and one of the things I want you to understand is this is how we're learning. We have to learn what is in the Word in order for us to apply the Word to our life. Amen? We have to understand what God's desire is for us in order for us to then apply it to our lives. We can't, uh, we can't ex be expected to live a Christian life if we don't understand and know what it is to be a Christian and how to live that life. And so that is part of Paul's methodology of teaching is, is that he not only shares with us what it means to be a Christian and what it means to be a part of the body of Christ, but he helps us to, uh, to learn that by repeatedly going over it, uh, going over it and, and looking at it from different angles so that we have a clear picture of what it is that we're supposed to be and what it is that we're supposed to do. There's nothing worse than going through training and coming out on the other end of training and education and feeling you're not any different than what you were when you began. There's nothing worse than, than being told, okay, you have been taught this, and thinking, what have I been taught? And so Paul's desire is, is to 
demonstrate for us uh, the importance of this, of what we're learning by repeatedly going over it in different ways so that we can fully understand what it means and how it is that we learn. One of the ways in which I learn uh, how uh, I, we were talking to our children the other day about uh, when we grew up, we had spelling words. You remember those spelling words that you, you'd have a booklet and you'd have all the words that you were supposed to learn for that week, and you were supposed to find. Uh, for us, we had a book that that required us to learn up, learn the definition as well as the spelling of that word. And then each week we would have a, a test at the end of the week, and we would be tested on how well we knew that word and how well we could spell that word and also link it with the definition of that word and not just simply be able to pick out the definition but be able to give that definition. Nowadays they teach children to just, oh, just sound it out and uh, we'll take whatever spelling you come up with until until a certain age in which, uh, and then they start all of a sudden uh, counting off for spelling when they've told them all along that well whatever spelling you come up with it's the matter it's it's because you tried so hard that that it is important. Well, I learned how to spell, and we were trying to teach our children uh, that the importance of repeatedly uh, going over the spelling of a word was how we learned how to spell that word, not just simply seeing it in print or uh, trying to sound it out all the time. Uh, We use sounding out for some things, but you learn that you can't depend on that because there's a lot of words in English that don't sound the way, uh, aren't spelled the way they're sound, uh, they sound. And so you have to learn those and you have to learn them by repetition over and over and over again. And I wouldn't presume to tell any of you how to, uh, to teach or, or anything like that, but uh, Paul's method for helping us to understand what God's desire is for us And what God's plan for us as the body of Christ is through repetition. He says in verse 1 of chapter 3, he says, For this cause I, Paul... And I want you to stop there for just a minute. For this cause I, Paul... And and I want you to understand that this sentence doesn't end until verse 14 or it's not taken up until verse 14. Paul begins a sentence for this cause and and he doesn't uh, uh, finish it until verse 14. And if you'll flip over to verse 14 for just a minute, he says, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, what cause is it that Paul is trying to... to, uh, speak about. And what happens here is, is Paul is, is putting a parenthesis. He begins to pray for the people of Ephesus and he begins to, to, to express to them the need to, uh, his feeling of need to pray about this matter. And he stops for a minute because he doesn't feel like they've, they've got it yet. Uh, as a teacher, as an educator, as someone who has taught before, uh, those who are uh, good teachers can really spot when their students are really grasping the, the, the lesson, uh, when they get that aha moment or that moment in which the light bulb goes on over their head to indicate that they've 
truly grasped it. There's nothing worse than, well, one of the methods of teaching I said was repetition, but you can repeat something over and over again and, and learn it, but you, don't, uh, but you have to really grasp it and really understand it and comprehend it for it really to be a lesson. You can, uh, uh, I, I had a lot of teachers that gave me a lot of information and just expected me to just give it back to them on test day, uh, but that didn't mean that I understood what it meant. And Paul here is wanting them to not only learn it through repetition, but also to understand the significance of what it was. And so he says, I, Paul, he says, I, I, for this cause, I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you, uh, for you Gentiles, if you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given me to you word, how that by revelation he hath made known unto me the mystery, as I wrote before in a few words, whereby uh, what you read, when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the, in the mystery of Christ. So Paul is trying to help them to understand that, that he feels as though it is essential for them to grasp this message. And he's uh, beginning to pray about it, as I said, but then he then shares what, the, uh, what he has uh, been trying to teach them in chapter 1 and chapter 2. What is he? What was he teaching them in chapter 1 and chapter 2? He was trying to teach them the method and the, and the plan that God had set forth for their salvation. And then he also was setting out for them uh, to clearly understand that once they became a part of, uh, once they accepted Jesus into their life, once they accepted Christ, and listen, this is, a, this is a problem that a lot of people today have. They can really latch on to uh, today. People latch on the concept of, okay, I'm, I'm accepting Jesus Christ in my life to forgive me of my sins. Yes, that's true. I understand that I accept Jesus Christ into my heart and life so that I don't uh, receive the wages of my sin. Yes, that's true. What are the wages of our sin? Our, the wages of sin is death. The wages of our sin is, is, to, uh, is to be eternally separated from God. Yes, that's true. But that's not the whole picture of salvation, is it? Paul has laid out for us that once we accept Jesus Christ into our heart and life, that Christ comes into us, that we're indwelt by the Spirit of God, that we are uh, become a part of the family of God, that we become a part of the body of Christ, and that the body of Christ is, is about uh, serving God and about sharing the gospel message and about sharing with others what God is doing in, in our lives and with sharing the message of Christ with others so that they too can have an understanding of Jesus Christ in their life and become a part of the body of Christ. It, it, it's more than just simply uh, forgive, forgiveness of sin. Yes, it's all about forgiveness of sin. It's more than about just uh, 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 avoiding the penalty of sin. Yes, it is about avoiding that penalty, but it is also importantly about becoming a part of the body of Christ. And Jesus, uh, uh, Jesus has set forth for us more than just simply uh, uh, a way of avoiding the penalty of sin, but uh, an even greater gift. The whole purpose of salvation 
is to become a part of the body of Christ, to become a part of, uh, to be united with God and have that joint relationship with God and have, and, and, and uh, as we see in Revelation of, of eventually being the bride of Christ and being united with Jesus Christ for all eternity. That's the goal, that's the aim, but we have to be the body of Christ uh, today while we're uh, living in this world so that we might be able to share the message of Jesus Christ with others. And Paul is, is trying to help them to understand how important it is not just simply to be in the body, but that we have unity in the body, that we're unified, that we have harmony within the body. Now, I, ha- I had a, a wonderful, wonderful friend in, in uh, West Virginia. She was part of our church in uh, West Virginia, and uh, she was a dear, sweet spirit, and she had so much love for others, and she had a desire to serve God that was greater than she was. And, and unfortunately, though, she had uh, a disease that caused her uh, to have difficulty with her body, and she couldn't make her body to do things that she wanted to do. Uh, she had MS, and she uh, was unable to uh, uh, to move uh, with the ease that that you and I have of being able to walk, and just simply being able to put uh, to stand up and to put your weight on your feet and to be able to walk takes a lot of coordination between your brain and the rest of your body to to coordinate all the muscles necessary to be able to stand, to be able to take a step, to be able to walk and and to do things. And and she struggled with that, and uh, she had one of those walkers that that assisted her, but she wasn't. Uh, capable of of going and doing the way that so many others uh, were able to. And in spite of all that, she was such an inspiration because in spite of all the struggles, she still served God and she still had such a beautiful smile on her face. She reminded me so much of my father uh, who had his own struggles with his body. Couldn't get his body to to function appropriately because of polio and and, uh, the ravages of that a disease upon his body, and uh, but yet uh, one of the things that characterized him as well as this sweet lady was is that in spite of all the struggles, in spite of all the problems that they faced, they both had such a big smile on their face. They uh, they always had such a, a wonderful spirit about them. Yes, they got depressed. Yes, they got discouraged. Yes, they had difficulties, but they still smiled and had that wonderful uh, uh, glow of the presence of God in their life because they understood that their struggle wasn't for all uh, forever and if the body of Christ uh, does not work together if we do not have unity it's just like the struggles that my father and this dear sweet lady and others who have struggles with their body if we don't work together if our body doesn't uh, work in unity you can't do the things that you do. You can't stand up and have maintain balance. You can't walk and go forward. You can't uh, form sentences and, and 
pronounce words appropriately because uh, within your mouth there are so many muscles uh, in addition to your tongue and all of them are necessary, all these little uh, variations in order to be able to pronounce different words or uh, in, in order for us to speak. It, it's amazing all the many different things that are necessary that we do, that our bodies do, that we don't take uh, awareness of. The body of Christ is the same way. We're many members, many portions, many parts of the body, and all of us are necessary for us to function. Even when we don't, uh, aren't seen like the tongue's not uh, always visible. But it's, it's, uh, we're all essential in serving God and, and making the body of Christ function. And so Paul is trying to help them to understand uh, this. And he speaks of a mystery. Now, there's three different types of secrets that are in the Bible. And uh, I want to share with you uh, these different secrets that are in the Bible. And you might be saying, well, preacher, okay, you're getting in the, uh, the field of the loony bin here. Uh, but just listen to me. There's, uh, first of all, the secrets that are too great for us to understand. In Deuteronomy 29, 29, uh, it says that uh, there are secrets that are known only to God. Uh, these are secrets that only God is able to either comprehend or that God is able to, uh, to know and He keeps them uh, close to Himself and there are secrets that He does not share with anyone. Secondly, there are secrets that are made known to certain individuals, prophets and, uh, and uh, uh, uh Individuals that are used of God during the Old Testament, uh, these were individuals that were given a message of God. Uh, the people of Israel were uh, endowed with certain information when they came out of the wilderness, uh, came out of Egypt, and they uh, were made known of, of who God is. That was information that only they had. Uh, there were prophets that were uh, that God spoke to and, and shared the message that needed to be shared with others. That those were secrets that God uh, told those prophets, and then those prophets then uh, told others. And then there's the third set of secrets, and that's the set of secrets that uh, that uh, that we're aware of in the church age, the day to day. They are uh, secrets that are made known. Uh, to uh, individuals from the New Testament forward, those from the Old Testament era, those people that, uh, that lived before uh, the time of the New Testament, they were not aware of these secrets and they're not aware of these things. But uh, Paul says, I, I'm, uh, I am one of those who have been get, has been given uh, the mysteries of Christ. He says that, that here in this verse. What is that mystery that he has been made aware of? Well, we were told that mystery in chapter 1 and 2. He says the mystery is that Paul has been uh, given is the mystery of uh, the fact that uh, that the the body of Christ is not just the Jewish people, uh, 
but the Gentiles as well. Now, the Jews believed during, even during the Old Testament time that the Gentiles would uh, receive the gospel, but they felt as though uh, they would not be a part of the same body as the Jewish people. And Paul is saying here is, is that uh, he says that God has given him this great mystery that uh, there is uh, that we are all one in Christ. That there's uh, no matter Jew or Greek. Uh, uh, whether it's uh, barbarian or Greek or male or female, that we're all the same before God, that we're all uh, one in Christ Jesus, and that we all come and we're all part of the body of Christ, and that we're all one in Christ. And that's the message that he's been giving in chapters 1 and 2. Uh, to the, the people in Ephesus. And, and believe it or not, this is the message that Paul uh, began to preach from the very beginning of his ministry. He, he, uh, he alludes to that here in this, uh, these first verses. He says, If you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God which is given uh, uh, to me, Paul, to you, uh, to share to you how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery and that and this mystery is what i'm talking about as i wrote afore in a few words he's talking about uh in chapter 2 whereby when you read ye may understand my knowledge of the mystery of Christ and so he's saying here is, is that God gave me this great mystery that I am now sharing with you and it was Paul's ministry now remember who Paul is Paul is a uh, 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 individual who uh, was named Saul to begin with right his name was Saul and he was uh, educated uh, at the feet of Gamaliel and he was a man who was a Pharisee of Pharisees and he was so uh, devout and so committed to his faith that he began to per uh, persecute and prosecute those of the way, those who followed Jesus Christ because he felt like they were leading people away from the traditions of Judaism, away from the true faith. He saw uh, his faith in Judaism, his faith in the practice of, of worship God as God told the people of Israel uh, in Exodus uh, how that they were to worship God and, and that they were to do all these things in order to worship God and in order to be pure before God in order to be able to worship God because God is holy. They were to uh, demonstrate that holiness in all their practices. He felt as though that was the one and only way to worship God. And so he was persecuting these Christians who were then worshiping God and worshiping God in a different way. That's how they got their name, the way. And, and so he was persecuting them and he was uh, uh, Saul of Tarsus was on his way to Damascus and he was uh, traveling down the road and, and what happened? He was struck down by the very presence of Jesus Christ. This is after Jesus uh, was, uh, lived on the earth, had been crucified and died on the cross and was buried and rose the third day and, and risen. And after showing himself to all of the disciples and the witnesses, of over 500 witnesses, and then Jesus rose to be at the right hand of the Father. Paul is after this. Now Saul, remember, is the same young man that 
that was persecuting Stephen. And when Stephen was being stoned because Stephen had this uh, vision of, of, of God and, and, underst- and was able to, to perform miracles and was able to teach uh, the, th- uh, the mysteries of God, uh, the Pharisees saw this as heresy and they began to stone him. And whose feet did they put all the, uh, the coats? It was Saul. Saul was, was there in collusion with all of them, stoning Stephen. So as he, as he then was uh, called by Jesus Christ away from that action of persecuting the Christians and, and to become one himself to follow after Christ, he began to share the gospel ministry and he began to share uh, the message and he became a, a pastor of a church in Antioch. And after a while of being a pastor in Antioch, he was called by the uh, the uh, uh, the heads of the of the uh, the faith of Jesus and Jesus Christ there in Jerusalem uh, to go and to start sharing that message by taking missionary journeys. So Paul and Barnabas were were uh, uh, ordained to go and to uh, and to share the message of Jesus Christ with others, and they began to share that message not just to Jews but to Gentiles as well. They went into Asia. And they began to share the gospel message and they would uh, start churches in all the different places that they went. Uh, They went to Ephesus. They went to uh, Galatia. They went to uh, um, Corinth. And they started churches everywhere that they went sharing the gospel messages. They uh, were spreading the gospel with Jewish people and winning them to Christ. They were also sharing the gospel with Gentiles. And those Gentiles were learning about Jesus Christ and Paul was sharing with them, listen, you don't have to become a Jewish person first in order to become a Christian. He says that we're all the same before Christ and so therefore uh, you don't have to become uh, Jewish in order to become, uh, and observe all the rituals in order to accept Christ into your life. And so that's what caused Paul to get into trouble. Paul came home, uh, was collecting an offering everywhere he went for those who were struggling in Jerusalem. And he came back to Jerusalem, wanted to give that offering. And when he came back, he shared what he had been doing with the Jerusalem council. He shared with them uh, uh, because he had been in correspondence with them. And and, uh, they said, listen, people are saying that you're destroying the tradition. Uh, What it would help a lot is, Paul, is if you would go over to the temple and you would join in with these uh, individuals from uh, these Christian Jews, uh, these Jewish people from Asia, they're going through a ritual where they're shaving their head and they're going through a purification ritual. If you would pay for them to, to do that and to do, go through it with them. So he went to the temple and he was going through that. And on the seventh day of his doing this ritual with them, uh, some Pharisees saw him there and they said, uh, look what uh, this man's doing. He's bringing in Gentiles into the temple and desecrating the temple. Now, Paul could have been stoned right then and there for doing something like that. And so they began to riot and they began to stir up all of this uh, animosity towards Paul. And so they, uh, the captain of the guard had to come out and rescue Paul, basically. And that's when Paul began to be imprisoned. 
And so Paul was imprisoned uh, because of his faith of sharing the gospel message, of sharing Jesus Christ, and, and of sharing that we're all one in Christ. And uh, by the time we get to this point, Paul is, uh, has uh, been in prison for five years. And not only has he been in Jerusalem in prison, but he's been taken to Rome and uh, the big journey uh, from there to Rome to be in jail. He's been in jail in Rome for five years. And, and he is a prisoner. Now, yes, it is a prison that is separate and different from, uh, you know, the clink that we think of. He was house arrest, but he was jailed up, uh, chained up next to a, a Roman soldier. He was uh, confined to his home. He couldn't go anywhere and do anything he wanted to do. Uh, but Paul said that he considered it a great joy to be a prisoner for Christ. He said, uh, what does he say? He says, I'm not a, a prisoner of Rome. He says, I am a prisoner, verse 1, of Jesus Christ. He says, I'm in jail because of my sharing the gospel message with those uh, who are just like you, the Gentiles. I'm in jail because I have shared the gospel to the Gentiles. And he says, I'm not, a, I'm not a prisoner of Rome. I'm not a prisoner of Caesar. I'm a prisoner of Jesus Christ. Why? Why does he say that? He says, I'm, I'm a prisoner of Jesus Christ because I have, I'm, I'm doing the part that God has called me to do. God has called me to share the message. And I'm sharing this great mystery and it's because of sharing that mystery that I have been placed in jail. And Paul understood that God was using this imprisonment for him to share the gospel to Caesar's household. He was, he was sharing the gospel every chance he got with Caesar, with the guards that were around him, with, uh, with people he would never have had the opportunity to share the gospel if he was still on his missionary journeys. Plus, God was using that time while he was in prison for him to write these books of the Bible. Paul wrote 14 of the, of the books of the New Testament out of 27. And, and a lot of those books were written while Paul was in jail. And so Paul was being used of God to, to not only minister to Caesar and his household and all those Roman guards, but also to minister to those that he was writing these letters to way back then. And everyone who's read these letters ever since has been ministered to by Paul because why? Because he was in jail. Because he couldn't go there personally to share this message. He couldn't go back to Ephesus and say, what are y'all doing? Let's clean, this, uh, uh, let's clean this mess up and let's get this straight. He had to write a letter in order to take care of it. And it's because he wrote that letter that we have that letter. He had to write a letter to the church at Philippi because he couldn't be there in person. He, could, he had to write the letter to the church at Corinth because he couldn't be there in person. He had to do those things, and God was using that imprisonment to bless us to this day. And so he says, I am uh, Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ because of you Gentiles, because of what I've preached. And you've heard of this dispensation of God's grace, which is given... Uh, uh, for me to share to you. 
how that by revelation he made known unto me this great mystery. And, and as I to- told you, that mystery was that, uh, that they were to be united in the body of Christ, uh, Gentile and Jew. He says, whereby you read, you may understand uh, my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. And so Paul here is saying that he is a part of the body of Christ and that his part was to be used of God to share the gospel with the Jew and the Gentile and to also be put into prison. And that tells us that, that all of us have our part in the body of Christ. And Paul is, uh, will uh, continue on in sharing this message as he is, uh, goes through chapter, uh, chapter 3, verse 14, as he continues on and on. Uh, he's, he talks about his ministry and how God uh, was gave, graciously gave him this ministry to share with the saints and, and how... He was able to do all these things because of God's work in his life. He says, uh, and it is because of this ministry, this, uh, this desire of sharing the, the message of this great mystery, that I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and in earth is named, that He would grant you according to the riches of His glory to be strengthened with might by His Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, and that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. And so Paul's desire is that they would be filled with the knowledge of God. But he had to be used of God and he had to be fulfill God's call in his life to be used in that way. And Paul is imparting a great wisdom for us in that we have to use, we have to allow God to use us where we were, where we are. Do you think Paul, when he was first called and going out on those missionary journeys, if somebody told him that, hey, by the way, Paul, you're going to wind up in jail and spend years in jail, uh, years of your life in jail, and then one day your head's going to be cut off your body because of your uh, what you're teaching right now? Do you think Paul would have would have said, hey, yeah, that's great, that's, that's what I've always dreamed of doing? No. Paul, Paul's desire was to serve God, but he learned over the course of his ministry, over the course of his time of serving God, that when we suffer in the name of Christ, that we're, we're given a great privilege, a great joy of being able to serve God and to, uh, to endure suffering in the name of Jesus Christ. But he had to go through that suffering first before he could make a statement like that. That would help us to understand that each time that we go through difficulties, we do those things for Christ so that others might know Jesus Christ. And you see, it's not always easy to serve God. It's not always easy to be a part of the body. But we have to serve in the unity 
of Christ. We have to unify ourselves with each other. We have to be willing to be of service to God and we have to allow ourselves to be a part of His of God's plan and to share the message that God has for us to share. And that's an important thing that we need to learn today. As we begin our study of chapter 3, that God has called us all for a specific task. You might not be, uh, you know, the, the nose. You might not be the ear or the eye. But God has called you to be a part of the body of Christ. And we have to be willing to serve God in the role that we've been given so that others might know Jesus Christ. And the important thing for us to remember is, is the task. We studied uh, this morning uh, out of the book of John about being a part of the... Tr- uh, that Jesus said, I'm the true vine, and we are a part of the vine, that we're all to be uh, living as a part of the vine and to be uh, useful for, to God in producing fruit and reaching out to others and, and bearing fruit in the name of Jesus Christ. That's part of being the body of Christ. That's part of, of serving God. Uh, we're useless if we don't allow God to use us in the way that He desires for us to be used in the body of Christ. If we're not reaching others, if we're not telling others about God's love, if we're not sharing with others this important message of salvation, then we're being useless. We need to be a part of the body of Christ, producing fruit, sharing with others. Oh, that's mixing metaphors, but you know, you understand what I'm saying. We need to be effectively a part of the body of Christ so that we can then share with others and be effective in reaching people for Christ. That's my hope and prayer that you're doing that. Paul said, I am a prisoner of Jesus Christ. He says, I fulfill my role with joy in my heart, with a smile on my face, because I understand and know that God is using me. It's not easy being in chains, but I'm in chains for Jesus Christ. Not for Rome, not for Caesar, because you you have to understand if God didn't want Paul in jail, there's nothing that Rome could have done to keep him in jail. And if uh, God wanted him in jail for Christ's sake, there's nothing Paul could have done to keep from being in jail because God would have put him there. But But Paul understood that he had a role to play while he was there. And he served God and doing the things God called him to do. Paul didn't sit there and sulk and and worry about, uh, I wonder when I'm going to get out of jail. I wonder how long I'm going to be here. I I wonder uh, why God put me in here and why I have to be here. Uh, I'm going to wait until I get out to do something. No, Paul was being effective right then and there where he was, serving God where God put him. And we need to do the same. Let's pray. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank You and praise You for Your great love and we praise You for the fact that You've allowed us to be a part of the body of Christ. Lord, help us to be effective for You. Help us to serve You and help us to, to live for You and to be, uh, to be useful through our unity with the body of Christ to serve You 
to reach others for Jesus. That others might know your wonderful love and understand your grace. Understand your forgiveness and your mercy. Lord, help us to be a part of the body of Christ and to be useful for your kingdom's for your kingdom's fulfillment. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.